0: This film is Lit, the podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian. I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book.
1: And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie.
0: Look, some of us are lazy, all right?
1: If by lazy you mean wrong.
0: Prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide whether the silver screen... Or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers. Because guess what? This film is lit. Making friends, finding love healing wounds, and a tunnel song. It's the perks of being a wallflower, and this film is lit. Before we get going, you'll notice Katie's mic has a slight hiss... Weird audio quality to it Not sure what's wrong with it We're gonna check it out and get it fixed for the next episode I did my best to reduce it as much as possible Hopefully it's not too annoying Hello and welcome back to uh, an episode of This film is lit The show where we talk about movies that are based on books This week's episode was a viewer choice Listener choice Uh, Perks of being a wallflower won by one vote Mm. Over
1: Nick and Nora's Nora's infinite infinite playlist playlist.
0: Uh, And handily Both of them handily beat
1: The Fault in Our Stars The Fault in Our Stars
0: so, uh, we probably will eventually, we mentioned uh, on the prequel, we'll probably do those eventually.
2: Yeah, I would down like to. Down the road. Yeah, uh,
0: But for this one, we're doing The Perks of Being a Wallflower. If you want to know any more about that, check out our prequel episode. We had some fun facts, talked about when it came out, who directed it. Uh, just a, a refresher, it was directed and written, adapted, by the guy who wrote the book. Yes. Steven Chabowski, or however you pronounce his name. So it, uh, it's I think it's our first one where they're written and directed by the author of the book. Yeah, which is pretty rare, especially the directed part, because usually authors yeah, don't really we, know yeah, how to direct. Yeah, we've had a
1: couple where the author did the screenplay yeah. or at least helped with the screenplay, but this is our first one yeah. where the author directed, which is kind of cool. Yeah,
0: directing is its own whole new different game. Um, I, I guess I should have looked up during the prequel if he's directed anything else before or after that, because it's yeah, it's a particular skill and it's interesting that yeah. Anyways, uh, let's get into our, uh, if you haven't seen the movie and you would like a little summary for our discussion, uh, let us uh, let me sum up. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. We follow Charlie, a shy, quiet kid entering his freshman year of high school. We know he's had a rough previous year. We learn why over the course of the film. We know he's hoping to make new friends at his new high school. Uh, the two of the people that he does eventually meet and become friends with are... Patrick and Sam. Patrick and Sam. I couldn't remember. I wanted to say Sarah. Patrick and Sam, uh, played by Emma Watson and Ezra Miller, respectively. Uh, we follow his journey as he meets new people, has new experiences, and comes to term with his past. Really not a lot else to kind of explain. It's sort of a, not a slice of life, but there's not, without spoiling things, which we'll get into as we go, uh, there's not a lot to uh, sort of set up.
1: Yeah, really. there's there's not really like an overarching Plot.
0: Plot, per se. There is, but that's kind of the yeah. big, uh,
1: to there, some there extent. There is, but
0: there, there, also there are the overarching
1: plot. themes, yeah, and, we'll and, say. and
0: plot elements, Yes, but they aren't really like, there's not like a thing going yeah. on. Like, and, oh, and
1: you're right, I wouldn't necessarily call it a slice of no. life, but it's maybe like a year in the life of yeah, kind of, of a story.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of basically it. Uh, So let's get into our first segment. Guess who? Sorry, second segment, Guess Who. Who
2: are you? No one of consequence. I must know. Get used to disappointment.
1: Okay. So we have two Guess Whos, and I hope you're going to get both
0: of them. All right. I believe in myself.
1: She has brown hair and very, very pretty green eyes. The kind of green that doesn't make a big deal about itself.
0: He says that in the movie, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's Sam. <laughs> it's our, the this character is yeah. Sam. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I laughed at that part. I don't think you noticed because they literally just changed the color of her eyes. Yeah, they just so changed that, it to Emma yeah.
0: Watson's eye color, which is brown. Yeah. Because I was like, when you said that, I was like, that sounds familiar. Does he say, he says it to her, doesn't yes, he? Yes, he says it when to he's her stoned. face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Interesting. Okay. Woof, Nailed that one. Wonderful one for <laughs> one.
1: She is a very interesting person because she has a tattoo that symbolizes Buddhism and a belly button ring and wears her hair to make somebody mad.
0: (laughs) That's very obvious. Uh, That would be Mae Whitman's character, I believe, Mary Beth?
1: Mary Elizabeth. Mary
0: Elizabeth. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The Buddhism. She's a Buddhist Uh, and her hair. Yes. Yeah. She's a very distinct sort of punk rock haircut. Yes. And it's dyed in that sort like of like half,
1: shaved, half and shaved kind of yeah, Yeah, like, almost up like an undercut. Bit. Like, in yeah. the, is
0: it? Okay, we'll, we'll get to when this takes place. Yes. But I have a question. I had a question about that. But uh, yeah, she kind of has like a, almost like an undercut type of thing. And yeah, it dyes it different colors. And it changes throughout the film several times because the movie does take place over the course of a uh, whole school year, yes. basically. And then all the way through the next summer, kind of uh, mm-hmm. to some extent. So cool. That was pretty easy. <laughs> two for two. Nailed it.
1: Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of character description in this. I was hoping that there would be more, yeah. to make it more interesting, but there was not.
0: Yeah. Just the women, apparently.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's move on to...
2: Send the book. Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. What? Honestly, don't you two read?
0: This is where I have some questions. I actually added one, but I think it'll be easy. Okay. Then... So I do for spoiler I send Katie the was that in the books and the lost in the adaptations so that way she can double check and make sure she has answers. We didn't used to do that in the original episodes but we're like instead of just sitting here and you going <laughs> yeah, thumbing we were through like, the book. you know,
1: maybe we should just plan ahead a little yeah. bit, be a little professional.
0: Well, I originally liked the idea of sort of the surprise, Yes. But at the same time, like, that doesn't make for as good of ra- internet radio. <laughs> uh, we want to actually have answers here and not just Katie thumbing through a book going, I, maybe? <laughs> so, first question. Do Emma Watson, uh, Sam, and her stepbrother, who uh, is Patrick Esmer- Esmer- Ezra Miller's character in this movie, in the film, they have a moment at the homecoming dance. And it's pretty early in the film, first act. Mm-hmm. Like, when it's after... Uh, charlie has become friends at least somewhat friends with ezra and sam or at least they've started talking some Mm -hmm. and they're at the homecoming dance and uh come on irene comes on i think that's the name of it that's the that's the chorus of the song i don't know if that's the name of this i'm pretty sure it is starts playing and wait
1: it's come on eileen Eileen.
0: sorry not irene emma watson's character sam says like oh they're actually playing good music and her and ezra miller go dance and they have like a choreographed
1: yeah, they called Dance it the routine. living room routine. Oh,
0: is that what they said? That's what I they said that. in the movie. Yeah, is that in the that book? Is
1: not in the. They book. don't have
0: a courier.
1: And Holy God, that was cringy. It was so weird. It was so like I guess it was supposed to show how like connected yeah, yeah, they are yeah. and whatever. But, geez, okay, like this is not an episode of Friends. Okay,
0: it just seemed so strange to me for the type of characters they were that they would. I guess not. I guess it, the reason they would, he added that or that, that change was made, I would think, because they are, and we see later throughout the film that they like perform together. They do the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I have questions about that. They like perform the Rocky <laughs> Horror Picture Show like uh-huh. every week or every month. I don't know, like yeah. routinely at like the local theater. And so they're like performers. So the idea that they, like, as, you know, friends came up with a dance routine isn't, their, their relationship isn't a normal, cause it's also a step, their step-siblings uh-huh. and so they're like their relationship isn't sort of a normal brother-sister if relationship you get, they're more
1: like good friends yeah they didn't like grow up like together. just happen
0: to live together yeah. yeah and so like i it made more sense but I, at the same time i was like
1: what <laughs> well they're quirky with a capital q oh boy which yeah. i want to talk about yeah, we'll, at length yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, i have a couple and we in our prequel episode we played a game where we talked about uh tropes of mm-hmm. teen movies and kid or yeah like teen movies young adult movies and one of them was uh all writers are adults yes and God. boy oh boy will we get to that at some point here because that was a major problem with this film for me was
2: and
1: i had a similar issue with the book
0: and just a reminder if you didn't leave uh, listen to the prequel all the all writers are adult or most writers are adults trope is that most writers are adults so when they're writing young characters teenagers high schoolers it often feels like an adult writing those characters mm-hmm. as opposed to how those characters people in that age range actually act right and talk and that yeah. sort of thing which i definitely felt a lot in this one yes. <laughs> all right second one for was that in the book so first one no no choreographed uh dance routine to come on eileen
2: uh
0: second uh there's at one point we're introduced to sam's boyfriend craig she has a boyfriend yes. craig who's in college I yes think. um because uh, we'll set this up to uh, Sam and Patrick are seniors in mm-hmm. high school and Charlie, our main character, uh, is a freshman. Yes. And he sort of make fr- makes friends with these upperclassmen because Charlie is also sort of a more mature than his age type. I think is the idea that yeah, they're going yeah, I think for. That's so it doesn't idea. necessarily fit in with the yeah. kids his age group. Charlie also instantly falls in love with Sam. Mm-hmm. Pretty much in the movie, uh, Emma Watson's character, uh, Charlie, like, yeah, instantly falls in love with her. We're introduced to her boyfriend at some party. And they, they're they talking about how Charlie wants to be a writer or is a writer or something like that. And one of the other people at the party goes, oh, do you remember what Sam's boyfriend's name is? It's Craig. Craig. Sorry, you said it earlier. Oh, Craig, you, uh, you write poetry, don't you? And Craig responds in the best way ever for the... If you want to make us not like a character, he goes, well, poetry writes me. Is that line in the book? No, okay. I don't
1: remember it being in the book. I went back and checked a couple places and I couldn't find it. So I'm calling it not in the book.
0: <laughs> I thought that was a, a pretty good way. To instantly, when because this is introduction basically in the movie, yeah, and a pretty good way to make us really not like him without he's not like a villain or anything, you know, he's just a guy, but like. I mean, ultimately, we find he's, out he was cheating on her, but like...
1: But he's ob- obnoxious yeah. and insufferable. And in
0: exactly the way that a college freshman is. Yeah. Especially a college freshman who comes back and is visiting and hanging out with high schoolers. Oh, is. I want to
1: talk
2: about that, too. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so, okay. Yeah, poetry writes me. I was like, oh, boy, this guy. All right. Uh, then we're going to jump way ahead. Um, hmm. And I assume this does happen. It's pretty pivotal to the plot. Uh, at one point... Uh, there's a whole storyline where uh Ezra Miller's character, Patrick, uh, as I said, he's gay and he's um
1: He's with the the big football player. He's basically
0: da- secretly dating the head yeah. of the like the the captain big man of the football on team. campus yeah. football The captain guy. of the football team, uh the quarterback of the football team. Um and they've been kind of secretly dating and at some point to make a long story short, uh the the football player's dad finds out and beats up his son. Mm-hmm. And then uh that causes the football player to sort of like throw up a shield against Patrick. Anyways, Patrick starts getting picked on by other football players, and the the, the football player he was dating... Calls them the F word. Yes, and and then Patrick punches him. Yes, and then all the rest of the football players start beating the shit out of Patrick.
1: Yeah, there's it's like we end up with like a five on one yeah, situation. Like, like, yeah, it's like
0: two dudes holding Patrick and one guy beating him. Yeah, and I'm like, where are any teachers in this yeah, cafeteria? Right. <laughs> like literally, just a giant circle of students around a guy getting pummeled by three people, and there's not a single teacher. To there be are
1: seen. nary an adult to be found anywhere <laughs> in, in this that movie, cafeteria. In
0: this whole movie, there's a, a there's so many times they're like hanging out and party. And like drinking at houses, I'm like, where are any of your parents? Like <laughs> nobody's parents is ever around, like ever. They that's like have sh- huge. That's surely
1: on. also a teen movie trope. It is. It we is. Need to yeah. look up the name of that one. But
0: like, I, I mean, when we went and hung out at people's houses, like we would sometimes hang out in the basement, and there weren't parents, you know. But like occasionally somebody's parents are yeah. out of town and we might go hang out but like this is like every time they hang out in this movie there's never a parent there ever like they're not like hanging out in the other room like it's just like they're in the like they have the run of the house and they're like opening fancy bottles of wine and I'm like what is this life that they're living
1: <laughs> to speak to that briefly before we get back to our other question yeah. um the book does specifically like he specifically says at some point that he liked going over to Sam and Patrick's house because their parents left More them alone home. yeah
0: okay yeah and they, they are a pretty affluent neighborhood and I think the like oh yeah the, the, the implication being that their parents yeah are off you know gallivanting, gallivanting or whatever around. yeah yeah do. like in the chalet for the weekend and the, you yeah know, like that sort of thing because they're all pretty rich or relatively speaking rel- well off yeah Um. so okay uh, but back to my point the char- so all that happens the fight uh, and, and Patrick is getting beat up and then Charlie comes in and, like, beats the shit out of, like, three dudes. Yeah. And, like, blacks he out. He like doesn't remember any of it. Yeah. yeah. And doesn't remember any of it. And, like, saves the day. Uh, and then it has no zero repercussions. And no, <laughs> None of these students apparently have any. They go to the office, <laughs> but I don't think anything happens to them. Again, it was the 80s. You could get it. I assume it. We'll talk about it. I assume it was the 80s. I'm not exactly sure about that. But so does Charlie save the day and beat up all the bullies?
1: Yes. Okay. That is in the book. Um, to speak to that a little bit. I think it does make more sense in the book because it's been pre-established that his brother taught him how to fight.
0: Oh, yeah, that's never.
1: Yeah, and there's we don't don't actually see the scene that I'm about to talk about in the book, but he discusses it, that there was an instance at the end of the previous school year where he beats up a guy for picking on him. So that's already been pre-established so we know that he knows how to fight and we know that he's capable of getting violent like yeah. that
0: yeah that, see that was an interesting thing i liked about the movie is the way they built that up but that did to me him all of a sudden being able to beat up three dudes kind of came out of nowhere because i don't mm-hmm. remember them mentioning that i don't and it think also, they did i also didn't realize that and again it's sort of the slow burn reveal of the movie which I actually kind of liked that uh, that that charlie was dealing with these like rage black like black yeah. like weird well he's like, where he, like, I
1: mean he's got like PTSD yeah well yes yeah, yeah.
0: And, and he has like these moments where he like yeah um, dissociates or whatever yeah. I think might be the right term Um, without being a psychologist but I think it's yeah, you know like dissociates the right,
1: he like disassociates yeah um, um the memory aspect of it the aspect of him like blacking out during yeah. that fight isn't in the book right he just doesn't talk about it he's, he's writing a letter right yeah. and he's like I don't want to go into all the details right so I mean, I guess maybe he doesn't remember it, but they don't specifically say that he, like, blacked out in the book. Because
2: they say that
0: in the movie several times, that he, like, blacked out. Yeah, I mean, and that element is
1: present in the book, just not in this specific instance. And they do get, um, some of them get suspended and some of them get detention
0: in the book. I'm I'm sure that does happen in the movie. (laughs) They just don't see it,
1: Yeah, it's fine.
0: Is the tunnel song... So there's this whole element. I shouldn't just say is this whole song. There's this whole element where in the beginning of the movie, or not in the beginning, like the first time or second time they hang out, mm-hmm. uh, him and Patrick and uh, Sam all hang out. They're driving in a truck. They're driving through a tunnel, and a song comes on that they don't recognize, and they're all really into music. Yeah. Um. And like sort of obscure, interesting music. Oh
1: god, yeah. I want to talk about not that top too. forty
0: music, like plebs, but uh, <laughs> I guess plebs at like top forty. But um, and, and a song comes on. Like, what is this? I've never heard this before. And then. Uh, Emma Watson gets up and s- is standing in the back of the truck, yeah. sort of embracing youth and blah blah blah. And, in, and there's a line where he says, "We are infinite," which we'll talk about in a second. Like in this moment, we are infinite. Uh, the song, as it turns out, is "Heroes" by David Bowie. We find out at the end of the movie because mm-hmm. she finds the song. But so that's the whole premise of this film: is that this basic this whole the whole per- not premise. It's not really important, but is there's a whole thing with their friendship is they don't know what this song they heard yeah. on the radio during this moment was. And I'm like, boy, that's that's when the first time I realized, like, what year is it? And then the yeah, start. When they I started don't seeing just Google it. They don't just Google <laughs> it, and then I started seeing the cassette tapes, and I was like, oh, oh, is this? But then I wasn't sure if they, maybe they were just hipsters and liked listening to music <laughs> on cassette tapes. I legitimately, for a long time, and I have this in my in my lost in adaptation section, could not figure out what when this was supposed to take place. Okay,
1: but I want to talk okay, about that. We'll about get it to it.
0: All right, um, but is the song "Heroes" by David Bowie? Is that the tunnel song?
1: No. It's landslide by Fleetwood Mac.
0: Oh, which is that's also pretty obvious to me. Here's a, the the reason I had to wonder is because to me, as soon as when they didn't know what the song was, mm-hmm. I assume they all know who David Bowie you is. You would think as soon as he starts singing, yeah. it is very apparent that He's it's got a David a pretty Bowie. Pretty
1: distinctive sound. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is pretty. Uh, obvious that this is a David Bowie song. Now, I mean, sure, you still have to figure out which one, but yeah. I was like, it narrows it down pretty far. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And now, funny, because Landslide uh, landslide by like Fleetwood Mac is also a pretty distinct... Fleetwood yeah. Mac has a pretty distinct yeah. sound as well. Maybe not quite as distinct as David yeah. Bowie, but yeah.
1: And, and, the, and I will say, too, to kind of speak to that a little bit, this element of them... Like, being obsessed with obscure music isn't yeah. it really present in the book. Oh, uh, okay. Not like it is in the Not movie. Not like it is in the
0: movie, yeah. Because it's a big part of the movie is them sort of... They're, like, super into, you know, cool music. Yeah. Like oh, you actually listen to good music? Like It's like a line said, yeah. under ironically, by a lot of characters in this movie.
1: Um, Which is a high schooler thing. Yeah, it is. It's
0: totally a high schooler it's a thing. It's ho- yeah. totally
1: a high schooler yeah. thing. But it's also a little bit ironic, since we spent so much time on the prequel episode talking about not being a snob. Yeah, right,
0: right. Don't be a snob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, uh,
1: yeah,
0: our main characters are all snobs. Um, but also not in a very endearing way. In the movie, at least. They're also... Uh, which they're is them.
1: they're high schoolers. They're high
0: schoolers, but they're also very. Um, which is kind of one of the things I want to talk about with the, uh, most writers or adults that their 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 emotional maturity of a lot of our main characters in this movie was something that didn't strike me as high schoolers, and the way they sort of mm-hmm. are very accept- accepting of each other mm-hmm. and like or at least amongst the friend group yeah. of these main characters and sort of the way they relate with each other felt not like high schoolers yeah, to me. I agree with that. Like the way they sort of. Like, especially, like, the whole... There's a whole... And I didn't talk about this, but I guess we can add this to was that in the book because it'll be obvious. Um, at one point, uh, Sam, uh, Emma Watson's character, finds out that Charlie has never kissed a girl.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And she goes, look, I want... Uh, I'm going to kiss you because I want your first kiss to be with somebody that loves you. And, like, and they, like, are very... Like, that that weird thing of, like, they have a very platonic love... I mean, eventually it changes, but, like, there's this weird thing where they, like, a very mature, like... hmm we love each other as human beings, type of thing that I yeah. don't remember ever. Most people having that sort of emotional depth when they were 15 years old to be like, wow, you know what? You should, we should share this moment with each other and kiss because we, we both two humans that love each other. And like, I don't know.
1: Maybe it's because they don't listen to top 40.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it just to me struck me as like, wow, that's a really. It seems like a very mature emotionally mature uh, perspective mm-hmm. for a couple high schoolers, and one of yeah. which is a freshman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Does that happen in the book? Does she kiss him? And is that, like, yes, and I, I
1: want to talk about that scene later. more
0: later. Okay uh, My final one for was that in the book, so it's a different song, but still there is a tunnel song. Um, and is that uh, just to go back on it real quick, is there is there a whole element of them trying to figure out what that song they heard no. was oh, that's not okay, no. so they did they don't they, okay. But it is like, is it like a book in the movie kind of, like where it comes on again at the end of the film, or at the end of the book? No. Okay. Because yeah, that's the whole kind of thing, is that like, that's how the movie ends, is there yeah. they're they're sort of reunited after a summer, uh, and, and they've all been through a lot of things, uh, and they sort of reunite, and then they're driving through the tunnel again, and this, they put the song on, because at this point, Emma Watson's character has figured out what it is, mm-hmm. and has it on a cassette tape, and so they pop it back on, and um recapture that moment uh so okay so it's a very it's not the same sort of two-part moment in the book that it is in the film of them finding this thing together when they first become friends and then finding it again at the end of the story okay final one does charlie or i whoever have a line about feeling when they're driving through the tunnel charlie's i guess writing it's a voiceover and he says, uh, in this moment we are infinite or something like that. Yes. Is that in the book?
1: Yes, it is.
0: Did he come up with that? Or is that he yes. is he taking that from somewhere, or is that like a quote? Or did he I mean
1: we are to believe he came okay, up with Okay, that's what it, I mean. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> um he just says it. He doesn't like attribute it to anyone right, or anything. Right. I
0: just didn't know if it was like a famous quote I was unaware
1: of. Yeah. Um that one and I actually want to bring up um, the, the quote about being infinite. And then there's another one. We accept the love we think we deserve. Right. Yeah. That are like the two big yeah. quotes from quotes this from the book, book slash, slash movie. movie. Yeah. Um, those are the ones that people like make graphics of for their right. Tumblr pages. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to knock Tumblr. I like no. Tumblr. Um, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, and, and I thought it was interesting actually. Was that in the movie, both of those ideas come back at the end, but they don't in the book. Yeah. Like, both of those things happen within the first 50 pages of the book, and they don't really come back yeah. as, like, overarching thoughts yeah. within the narrative.
0: Which I think, and we can get to it later, but I think that was probably a good change You do, mm-hmm. to have that sort of, uh, those, a couple thematic through lines Yeah, uh, that, that come back and inform character relations throughout the film, and, and not... I mean, with the We Are Infinite one, not so much character relations as um, just sort of the, almost the, what's the Latin phrase I'm looking for? Thesis. Holy shit. (laughs) I'm an idiot. The We Are Infinite line kind of comes across almost as the thesis of the film of, Mm -hmm. because it represents the, when he's talking about it, sort of represents the the way you feel as a teenager in those moments. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's similar to feeling uh you know like when you're a kid and you feel invincible yeah and and those moments ex- seem to just extend beyond even what you can perceive when you're it, like in a moment uh like in that particular moment where they're listening to this incredible song and they're as happy as they've ever been basically mm-hmm. and together and you know it's sort of those 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 moments in life that we all strive to find as often as we can yeah and they happen a lot when you're a teenager because it's all new then like yes. it's all <laughs> it's all real right. new right those
1: moments where you feel invincible immortal where you feel like you're connected to everything yes
0: yeah and so they use that a couple literally really just two times for the yeah. we Were infinite one to kind of in the beginning and then also at the end um to kind of sum up and sort of mm-hmm. recapture that moment. But yeah, I think that was a good idea to do that with those yeah. elements, and the, to reintroduce them.
1: The one about we accept the love we think we deserve, I would say has more of a through line in the book. Yeah. But it doesn't come back in such an obvious way as right. it does in the movie. Like in the movie, he repeats it back to Sam. Yeah, yeah, early, yeah, late
0: in the film, he just says it to yeah, her. Yeah, that
1: doesn't happen in the book. Yeah,
0: But that is still probably basically what... But that is still possible. probably basically what happens with their relationship is, like, that's the, the idea behind we accept the love we think we deserve is sort of what defines their relationship with each other, kind of.
2: Yeah, I, I would.
0: Okay. Yeah. Whether or not he states it to her. Yeah. Like, that's sort of the vibe is that she hasn't, or she has, she has, she has always felt that way. And then thus, because she's. Dealt with self-esteem issues and that sort of thing mm-hmm. and, and, and has trauma and that sort of stuff that she's kind of had to come to terms with. That was all I had for was at in the book. Let's get along to Lost in Adaptation.
2: Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way.
0: Wow. Was
2: lost. Yes. Yes. And I want to get unlost as soon as possible.
0: Okay. This is the big one. When the hell is this movie set?
1: Okay. I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because I really want to talk about it. Okay. Because the book, as I've said, is all him writing letters. So we know to the day yeah. when it takes place, because he dates them all. Okay. But having watched the movie now, I want to ask you first, when do you think this is
0: set? Boy, oh boy. So, okay, this is, it was such a struggle for me, because I didn't know that this wasn't set in 2010. Uh-huh. Or like, whenever the movie, you know, yeah. or like, late yeah. 90s, or, to, to, you know, like, whenever the book came out, or whenever the movie came out, I thought it was Contemporary. Mm -hmm. Like to whenever the thing was produced. Mm -hmm. So, like, I figured this was set in like 2010 or so. Um, And then, as I went on, like I said earlier, I was like, what? They have a lot of cassette tapes. (laughs) And I was like, okay,
1: maybe it's. But they are kind of hipsters. But they're hipsters,
0: so like, maybe they just like cassettes Uh or whatever. But then, like, and the music they're into, you can't tell because that's the same kind of thing hipsters in high school could be into Mm -hmm. now. Which, Mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons it's successful, is that it can be, Mm -hmm. you know, it kind of translates for all forever. But my guess, the other thing was the fashion didn't. Stick out to me as super 80s. Like some of the elements Uh were, but they also, again, they're hipsters. Uh So they could just be, like, you couldn't tell. And and then he just drives a generic truck. Patrick just has a generic truck. Like, Mm -hmm. it's hard to tell from his car. So I, I, but then I got to the point eventually I was like, okay, this has to be like the 80s or something. Um, So my guess is like 86.
1: Okay. So. Before I reveal when this takes place, I want to say that I, too, found it very interesting that they downplayed the time period that this takes place in for the movie, because you're right, the clothes and the hair are very nonspecific.
2: No,
0: yeah, they're not, yeah. Yeah.
1: And if I had just watched the movie without having read the book, I would have guessed that this took place, honestly, around, like, the same time when we were in high school. Yeah. Like, the early Early 2000s-ish, because mixtapes were maybe not so much a thing, but they were kind of still a thing if you didn't have access to, like, a CD burner. Yeah. And there is a lack of technology yeah, in this movie, yeah. nobody has a cell phone. No. And now, when we were in high Which school, is fair, yeah. I mean, some people some had people cell had phones, s- but yeah. it wasn't a thing yet. Like it was like, like it is now. Most
0: people had them, but you didn't really use them very much. Yeah. because yeah, it, they you,
1: weren't uh, they weren't a device that you used for everything. Yeah, because you could just, just make phone. calls and
0: you could play uh, Snake on yeah. it or whatever. Like yeah, so even
1: really like texting hadn't super it, caught yeah, on. Yeah, it yet.
0: existed, but it wasn't like super prolific.
1: Yeah. But the book takes place from 1991 to 1992.
0: Okay, that actually yeah. makes more sense.
1: And I think as far as the movie goes, one of the only things I noticed that felt very specifically 90s was the fact that Mary Elizabeth makes a zine.
0: Yeah. There is that one part where they yeah. say something about a zine. And, and I was that's like, a yeah, that's very
1: a z- 90s thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was very 90s. And then, yeah, because Charlie's clothes could not be more generic yeah like he just wears jeans and t-shirts like or whatever, you know, like slacks and t shirt Like, it could not be more, like, m- m- not set in the time period. And also, I think 90, that makes sense because it's a... It, I think that might have been just an. I, I, I don't know. I was three at the time. But 91, <laughs> 92 makes sense because I could see that being right in between the super 80s moment
2: mm-hmm.
0: and when things really hit the 90s moment mm-hmm. where it was kind of in between and, that, and the style had not yet yeah. defined itself we are, like, again.
1: We're kind of maybe a little bit coming out of the punk yeah. type stuff, but we haven't really hit grunge
2: yet.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, man, I could not, pl- I was like, I nothing really stuck out to me as like super, mm-hmm. there was a, moments here and there with some of the decor and stuff, but even that didn't feel, because like when you watch something like Stranger Things or when you watch yes. those, those shows, it is so obvious. Yes.
1: The, everything screams this is set in yeah. a particular time period. And I wanted to bring that up too, actually, because I thought it was so interesting that they downplayed. The decade that this takes place in because this came out five years ago six years ago
0: 2012
1: 2012 okay yeah. but i would bet if this was made now it would be 90s nostalgia oh, everywhere yeah like emma yeah. watson would always wear a scrunchie and they'd yeah. be eating lunchables and yeah. dunkaroos at every cafeteria yeah. scene
0: yeah no, it one hundred percent. It was interesting because yeah, because nostalgia bait is such. It blew up so big mm-hmm. in the last five or six years. I mean, it always has been a thing. Like I love the eighties; it yeah. was a huge TV show. Yeah. all you know, all through our high school time and whatever. But it, even more so with the with Stranger Things, with uh, Everything Sucks, with uh, and dozens right. of other it's shows. it's really
1: trendy right now. Yeah.
0: Um, and people really buy into it. Mm-hmm. And you think if with it being set when it was, it would make a lot of sense just for pure sales alone to, mm-hmm. to lean harder into that nostalgia of the time period. Because it also makes sense for the people that they would think would go see this movie because there are people probably in their late 20s, early 30s in 2012 were, you know, in middle school yeah. during this time or during, you know, the early 90s or maybe not middle school, but like they're growing up through the 90s. Mm-hmm. And if you leaned it into the 90s, it would be, yeah, you'd be selling it to the right audience. Like to the right current age range, yeah. to some extent.
2: And
1: I, I think there might be a couple factors at play there. Um, we haven't really, there have been like a couple properties, but we're kind of still within the 80s, yeah. um, nostalgia. Like, what is it's It's the 30 year, 30 year cycle, the 30 year cycle. So, we're kind of still within the 80s, yeah. And maybe, I mean, maybe they were just trying to make it timeless.
0: Yeah, I think they were. And I think that was actually really clever, because that was kind of what I touched on earlier, is that I think doing it the way they did, where they don't lean into any of the nostalgia super hard, uh, and they don't have a bunch of very obvious tells for when yeah. it takes place does make it more timeless.
1: Yeah, there are almost no markers of time no, period in no, this. very
0: little. Um, very little. Which, I, yeah, I thought was interesting. Yeah. Okay, that was, yeah, well, that was a, boy, I had a lot, I was so confused about when this took place. <laughs> Second, Lost in Adaptation, is their group of friends called the Wallflowers? I guess this could also be, was that in the book? Because in the movie, there's a point where he first meets up with, kind of like when he goes to that party or whatever, with uh, Mm -hmm. Patrick and Sam and their other friends that first time. They say, like, welcome to the Wallflowers Club, or I don't even, something like that. He calls, like, their group the Wallflowers. It's the only time it's ever mentioned. And I was like, oh, is that, I didn't realize the movie title, like, the title was somehow actual, I thought it was just like, yeah, like, Mm -hmm. he is a wallflower. Like, we all know what the the term wallflower is. Somebody, you know, shy, reserved, whatever. Uh I just thought that was what it was talking about. I didn't think it actually manifested in the movie slash book.
1: Okay, I'm going to stop you on your roll there. Okay. Um, Because you misunderstood that. Oh. But I totally understand why you (laughs) misunderstood it because of the way it plays out in the movie. Yeah. So... What happens in the movie is that he's at the party and Patrick is like, raise a glass to Charlie. Yeah. He's a wallflower. Yeah. So when he does that, he isn't like inducting him into their club. That's what it felt
2: like. In the I know movie,
1: it is maybe. what it feels like. He's literally just saying that Charlie is a wallflower. Right. Okay. And I, it's weird. The way it played out in the movie was so weird to me because like. Like we've touched on who does that?
2: Yeah. Like, Again, really I,
1: seriously, like who does yeah, that?
2: Yeah.
0: Not, not, not. Uh, well, I guess they're seniors, so maybe. But yeah. still, it, it. Yeah.
1: There is a toast in the book. Um, it feels a lot less weird and cringy to me. Because, like, what happens in the book is that they're at the party and Patrick is talking to Bob, their stoner friend. Yeah. And he says something about Charlie, and he says like, "Oh, he's a wallflower." Mm-hmm. He notices everything, or something yeah. like that. And then Bob is high, and Bob is like, everybody raise a glass to Charlie.
0: Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I was, yeah, I was like, Again, that's why I put it in Lost in Adaptation, because I thought it could just be that. I mean, I, I definitely thought, like, okay, maybe he's just mm-hmm. describing him as a wallflower. But the way it played it felt a little bit like that was, like, yeah. what they called it, their It group.
1: does feel a little like a pinning ceremony, yeah. like, welcome to the
0: wallflowers, <laughs> yeah. kid. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> all right, sure. but I, But I wasn't sure. That's why I put it here. This and these are two more things that I think aren't super clear in the movie and probably on purpose and they don't need to be clear. I I, I should have mentioned this earlier. I actually really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really really good. Um, I thought the acting was really like brilliant uh, by most of the people in the film, particularly Logan Lerman who plays Charlie. Um, I thought he was fantastic. Oh, we've seen him before. He's a uh, he was Percy, Percy Jackson. Percy yeah. Jackson. So. <laughs>
1: This was a much better adapted property. Yeah,
0: and uh, he got a lot more room to sort of shine in this film. But uh, I thought everybody was really great. Uh, we'll talk about Emma Watson's accent later, but um, <laughs> a little bit. But uh, just to reiterate, I really did think the movie was really good. Uh, and it had just really interesting things to say. And it wasn't really what I was expecting. And it went directions I wasn't expecting because I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about this. And it, it really hit some interesting beats for me that I thought was really cool. I don't think it necessarily fits in the... With a bunch of the, within the age range they were in necessarily, but we'll, we kind of, anyways, it's not important. Here's a question I had. So one of the whole the whole premises, and we talked about this as an epistolary novel, is that Charlie is writing letters
2: mm-hmm.
0: to a friend. And now I may have misinterpreted or misheard or not noticed in the movie. My inclination in the movie was that he's not actually writing to anyone. He's just sort of writing these letters as an exercise for himself uh-huh. as a writer. And that, and that I didn't felt like feel like we ever got any more uh, information on what these letters are or why he's writing them or if they're to anybody or not. Is that expanded upon at all in the movie? Because my other idea was that because we we find out at one point that his best friend up until this point killed himself like mm-hmm. the year before, and so I'm like, well, maybe he's writing it to him and mm-hmm. just and, and or her and just saying a friend instead of that person's name or you know what I mean, like. And so I is. Um, (laughs) I'll leave it there. Is there anything, any explanation or any more on the letters? So,
1: we never specifically find out who he's writing to. The book does state a couple times that he mails the letters. Oh, really? Yeah, but it doesn't say to who. Um, There are a couple of places in the book that are maybe supposed to be clues, um, there's a line at the beginning, and this line made it into the movie. I don't know if you caught
0: it or I not.
2: I might not have, I don't know. At the
1: very beginning, when he's writing that first letter, there's a line about, like, you didn't sleep with that person at that party, even though you could have. Yeah,
0: I do remember that.
1: And then there's more at the end. Um, Like, at the very end of the book, he talks about how like after his friend committed suicide he heard another girl talking about i heard another girl talking about you and i thought you sounded like you were a good listener or something like that Hmm. so those are potentially clues i did a little bit of extra digging on this and i went and looked at like a fan theory right. thread. Oh, I'm
0: interested. I'm really glad to Goodreads. know that this is like a thing. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like it doesn't matter, dummy. So why are you asking?
1: It sounds like the two prevailing theories are like you said, that they're letters to himself.
2: Yeah, that's kinda um, what I always thought.
1: Well, I guess three prevailing theories. Letters okay. to himself, letters to his friend who committed suicide. That
0: was my other thought.
1: Um another prevailing theory is that it's supposed to be the reader. And then somebody on this particular thread that I looked at, it was on the, the page for this book on Goodreads, so yeah. you can probably go find it if you're interested. Um, somebody claimed to have been to, like, um, a meet-and-greet with the author, Stenchable. and the author said that it was supposed to be somebody in the world of the book, hmm. but wouldn't say who.
0: Well, I will say with with the with, like you said, the line early on, because I do remember that line from the movie about mm-hmm. and I thought that was weird because I'm like, oh, who is that? Who is that? Like, I didn't know who he was talking about yeah. like, oh, you didn't sleep with that person at the party or whatever. Huh. That's interesting because he's, we see and again. There could be stuff told out of order or something in the movie that we're on because we see him writing the his first letter at the very beginning of the movie before he has met any of these people. Yeah, as far as I know, right? Like he's writing that first letter, yes, before he ever meets Patrick or Sam or yes. any of that friend. The or... letters
1: are in chronological order, at least in the book. Right? I mean, the movie could have changed things up, but oh,
0: so in that case, he's writing letters. Uh, yeah, a- he's absolutely writing letters before he. meets Yes, any he's of these writing
1: people. letters before any of the events of the book.
0: Okay, so it's not it's not like Mary Beth or it's not no. some other character that we you know met that he could be
1: at least not that we know of. Okay,
0: interesting. So
1: it's a mystery.
0: It is a mystery. That's like fun. Like I said, I didn't that, know that yeah, was a mystery. that
1: thread was. It was on the Goodreads page for this book. So if you listen to our episode and you feel like you want to go have a look at that, it's it's there. You can find it. Yeah.
0: My little last thought on that would be that it could be. I, I like the idea that it, since he does want to be a writer, we know this about him. Mm-hmm. That although the meet and greet with the author maybe changes that, but that it would make sense that he's not that he's writing them to the reader in the sense that as a, sort of a. Narrative for his, this kid wants to be a writer, mm-hmm. and he's actually writing a book, and sort of experimenting with this weird form where it's him writing letters, yeah, to the reader. I don't know. I thought that yeah, that could work. Yeah. I I didn't think that was going to be nearly as interesting when I wrote that question down as it turned out to be. So, all right, final loss in adaptation, and I don't know if we get any more of this in the movie. And it's not really necessary, or in the book, it's not really necessary. I didn't need any more. I just was kind of wondering. Uh, so this all culminates – this whole thing culminates with Charlie. Uh, he, progressively throughout the book, um, we get more and more clues to the fact that, uh, you know, like his friend killed himself last year and that he's uh, – Charlie – and he keeps having conversations with his mom and stuff or with himself. I can't even mm-hmm. remember about uh, sort of the the bad thoughts and the darkness and like yes. – Sort of dealing with bad thoughts and that sort of thing. It becomes pretty clear that he's dealing with some sort of uh, mental uh, –
1: some mental
2: health mental issues. health
0: issues of some sort, and what we eventually find out in a comrade that he was uh, sexually assaulted by his aunt throughout his whole childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was a crazy reveal. I actually saw it coming, because they do, I think the movie does a pretty good job of dropping yeah. hints in a way that I felt smart figuring it out, but it also felt like well done, where you ne- uh-huh. wouldn't necessarily see that coming. Anyways. Uh, and so he's been sort of, like you said, suffering from PTSD and, and a whole host of other sort of whatever issues mm-hmm. from this. Uh, ultimately boils up to a point where he like freaks or has a breakdown. I think this is how yes. they describe it in the in the movie. Um, and in the movie, we see him storming around. He's on the phone and he's like he's like sweating and then like tearful. And he calls his sister and is like saying basically like I I killed Aunt Lisa or whatever her name Aunt was Aunt Helen Aunt Helen. Um, I, like maybe I wanted her dead or something like that. Uh, and then he and she she calls and sends the cops to their house mm-hmm. and then uh we see him look at like a a kitchen knife mm-hmm. and then it cuts basically the cops kick in the door and then it cuts to him in the hospital with the doctor walking in the door and we don't and we're now moved past that event yes. um my question is did he One, did he try to kill himself? Is that ever explained in the book? Two, was it more of just he had a breakdown and considered it for a moment? Is there just any more about what really happened in that moment? Or was was it just like a breakdown?
1: So the movie is purposefully vague. Yes. The book is also purposefully vague. That's what I figured. So that happens, this book is divided into four or five sections, like big chunks, and then there's a short epilogue at the Mm -hmm. end. So that scene happens at the end of the very last section, and it does read a little bit like a suicide note. Like, he keeps saying, like, I have to go now, I'm sorry to have bothered you, that kind of thing. Then when we flip the page to the epilogue, I'll just read the first couple lines, and that last letter, I do want to mention, too. The last letter before the epilogue also ends with goodbye. Ah. And up until that point, they had not. Right. So it, it does read a little bit yeah. like a suicide note.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. And then the next, the epilogue opens up with, I've been in the hospital for the past two months. They just released me yesterday. The doctor told me that my mother and father found me sitting on the couch in the family room. I was completely naked, just watching the television, which wasn't on. I wouldn't speak or snap out of it. They said.
2: Okay. So.
0: So that to me doesn't necessarily feel like he actually. Well, depending on. I mean, if he like took some pills or something, and yeah, that we don't know be, about yeah. in the in the in the book, because in the movie the implication is that he's that he sees a knife sitting on the counter, and we right. they also allude earlier. That his aunt had Yeah, like,
1: almost immediately before this scene, yeah. they show a flashback, and you can see the scars on his aunt's Yeah, wrists. that his
0: aunt had tried to kill herself at some point. um, And so they kind of tie those in, to, you know, kind of setting that up. Mm-hmm. But then I looked, and you definitely don't see... It could be months later, so who knows, but you don't see any apparent wounds right. or bandages on yeah. him or anything like that. Uh, when he's in the hospital after that point and now we don't know exactly how long he's been there but okay I was just wondering it doesn't again it doesn't matter it's not important yeah. like the the whole element is it, the, the it's still the same thing like it's still you know the, the sort of breakdown is is what's important and, and him coming to terms with all this stuff I was just wondering because it was so mm-hmm. yeah it was so intentionally vague in the movie I was like
2: well, what happened there so
1: right no like, yeah you're right the important thing isn't whether or not no. he tried to commit no, suicide not it's at all. it's The fact that he has this breakdown and then gets help. Yeah, and gets help,
0: yeah. Yeah, Starts
1: dealing with these issues.
0: Yes. Yes, I agree.
1: Um, Before we move on, I have my own... It isn't really a Lost in Adaptation because this wasn't in the book, but I just want to see if you know what the fudge this was about. Okay. So, in the scene where he takes LSD... Yeah. And then I think it was Sam, like, gives him a pair of glasses to wear. Yeah, I don't know. What?
0: I think that's... (laughs) Here's like is thing. that
1: an LSD thing that yes. I just don't know about think, because I'm a
0: square? Yeah, I think that is. I, I'm, I, again, it seems like. I, I, I mean, I guess I just lived a sheltered life as a high schooler, but it <laughs> seems like something that a high schooler who, even if they've done LSD a couple times, wouldn't necessarily know. I guess maybe they have older siblings who know that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I, I understand, and I, I'm, I'm winging this because I don't know a lot. I've never done LSD, but I think the idea is that when somebody is tripping like that, uh-huh. if you give them something and go, "This will help."
2: Oh. It tricks their brain
0: into going, "Oh, I'm okay now."
1: Okay, you see what I'm
0: saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, here, put these on; they'll protect you. And they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, yeah." Like, I—that's my guess on okay. what that is. All right, I would say that's a pretty smart thing for that. To her to know like it's yeah. good for her to know that and i get you know and like i said they have older siblings that may know that sort of thing or whatever because they didn't have the internet back then now you can look that up on the internet right. like what should i do when if, if my friend's tripping and freaking out oh dude but like back then you had to all know all that stuff through secondhand basically and from like people that you met but yeah that would be my guess they they, they aren't really anything it's just she knows how to handle somebody on a bad trip all right let's move along to better in the book
2: you like to read oh yes i love to read what do you like to read
1: everything so i have a few things here and most of what i felt was better in the book were like like the way that themes and like through lines and overarching ideas were handled yeah is, is most of what i liked better about it but i've got a couple things um, his friend who committed suicide, yeah. Michael, um, it's a, a bigger element in the book as I feel like it should be. Yeah. It's and it's not revealed to us by him, like, out of the blue saying it to Sam at the yeah. party. Yeah. We already know that this has happened, like, at the very beginning. It's one of the first things he talks about oh, okay. in the book. Yeah. Is, like, the fallout from that happening and him yeah. trying to, like, grapple with it. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that was better handled in the book. Hmm. I felt like the movie downplayed it in a weird way.
0: Yeah, it did slightly. I liked the way they. Because that was one of the things I mentioned earlier. I liked the way that they slowly fed us his backstory mm-hmm. over the course of the film. To where. And I think that it ties into a very important theme that you never know what's truly going on inside somebody's head. Like, mm-hmm. somebody can seem. Because, like, Charlie, like, early on, he's a very quiet, shy guy, but we. or person. But. You wouldn't when when we see him interacting and, and, and you know when he first starts making friends with Patrick and them he seems
1: yeah fine he, he's you a know little what I mean? he's a little awkward yeah, yeah but, but he, like, he, he seems, seems like
0: he's okay yeah. but it you know that's the thing is that you never truly know what else what all is going on inside a person and mm-hmm. I think by slowly revealing the backstory to us over the course of the film right. and not because early on like there's the moment and I actually had this written down and lost an adaptation but then they explain it where he's when he meets the teacher the first time mm-hmm. uh played by a. Paul Rudd. Ant-Man, yeah. Yeah. Um, the teacher goes, I heard, I heard something about, it. I know you had a, a tough year last year, and I'm like, what? What is it? Because at that point, we don't know that his friend had killed himself. right? And I'm like, so what does he know about? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And sort of that throughout was really interesting to me. Oh, and, the,
1: and the book does that with a lot of other elements, yeah. and I wouldn't have necessarily minded if the movie had just not front-loaded the stuff about right. his friend committing it suicide, but I it. I felt like they mentioned it and then like kind of dropped it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think they decided to focus on other things. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Cool.
1: Um. Okay, so I have down the thing about the toast, which we already talked about.
0: Oh, yeah, um, the, at the party. I thought you meant, like, actual physical toast, and I was like, what?
1: And yeah. then, let's <laughs> just, like, I I don't know if this is a good place to talk about it or not, but the movie versions of these characters are, like, so much more insufferable <laughs> than the book versions. Yeah. Just, like... Like the music thing and like the way that they talk. And like I said, that element is present in the book, too. It's very much all writers are adults.
0: Right. Well, and in, in the book, isn't it all letters? So we're all getting it from the perspective of
1: yes. Charlie.
0: So it's like him talking about what they did and what they... Right,
1: definitely. And he is very much an unreliable narrator. Yeah.
0: So I guess my thing with that is that... Yeah, it, it was always going to translate a little strange when you're going from third-hand accounts yes, to actually seeing the events taking place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To where it, that might always read more insufferable when you're actually watching the characters do it than when you're it's listening to somebody describe what they kind of did. You know what I mean? I, it's I a fair
1: know. point. Although I, I did still think that that kind of oddness came across in the book. But this book, I, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say that I was thoroughly invested in it. But I did enjoy it... But it was hard to read. Yeah. Like the prose style was difficult to read Hmm. because we are getting it all secondhand and it, and I know the author did this on purpose and I'll tip my hat to him for achieving this, but we're getting it all secondhand and it creates like this weird, uncomfortable, like out of body Mm -hmm. experience throughout the whole book.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's, and I, and I get it. But it is difficult to read. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, a couple other things. Help me remember how the movie resolved the plot line with the sister's boyfriend.
2: Oh, editor. I don't think it did.
1: I don't think it did either because I
0: can't remember yeah. it. That
1: definitely gets resolved yeah, in the book. Yeah, that
0: should. I, it may have, but I don't remember. Like, maybe she just yeah. leaves him. I don't remember.
1: I, I think I, she does just break up with him, but like... in the their parents find out oh, yeah, in the doesn't... book because so charlie charlie mentions it to his teacher
0: to set up what we're talking about in case you don't know uh, uh, uh charlie's sister is dating a guy and at one point charlie sees the guy hit her yes and and he, her his sister's like don't tell parents he's not going to hit me anymore or whatever and then we kind of do lose that story yeah, well, yeah, i feel we lose like that we kind of lose line. it like we see them a couple more times and maybe she does break up with him i think but i don't remember
1: yeah um, and and we we lose that a lot less in the book. Yeah. Like I said, he mentions it to his teacher, and then of course the teacher reports yeah, it, yeah. tells his parents as you should. Yeah. So they, you know, the parents kind of like step in and and they call the boy's parents, and they're like, "No, you can't see him anymore." And she continues to date him in secret for a while. High schoolers, right? Uh, and then eventually, closer to the end of the book, like kind of comes to term with what a dick he is on her own right. and leaves him. Which brings me to my next thing that I want to bring up, which is that in the book, he helps his sister get an abortion. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's not even touched upon Mm-mm. in the movie. That's, that's not, that's, not, that's not a, an element at that all. That is a, uh, yeah, dropped storyline. Yeah,
1: which I, I get why they dropped it. It's certainly something very controversial.
0: See, I don't think... We talked about this, though, uh, although I think she ultimately ends up not getting it, if I remember it correctly, but this was produced by the same people that produced Juno, so they're not yeah. scared of that story. Right. Line. I think they just dropped it for a lot of things going on already.
1: Right, and that's the next thing that I was yeah. going to bring up, is that there are already a lot of balls in the air.
0: Yeah. And that's a less important ball to the main story. Right. So.
1: But I did think that... It worked thematically for the book. Yeah. Which I'll get to in a second. And it created like a nice, um, it was a nice relationship building moment for him and his sister.
0: Yeah. We don't get a lot with them in the movie.
1: Yeah. His, his family is, that's not where the focus is mm-hmm. for the movie. And it's not where the focus is either for the book. But I thought it, it was nice to kind of have that element, at least with one of his family members. Yeah. So I mentioned themes and one of the big themes in the book which does come through in the movie but i thought the book handled it better was the idea of keeping secrets yeah and like how keeping a secret can kind of fester fester and like you rot from the inside out mhm Keeping secrets or just, you know, not talking to people right. about things. Yeah. Kind of this, a similar idea there. And like I said, that is present in the movie. I thought it was better handled in the book. There were more elements of it. There were more instances here and there with different things. Yeah. Um, I also thought the the book did a, maybe a better job of portraying his mental illness.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I didn't didn't think think the movie
1: did a bad job. Yeah, I
0: thought it seemed like it did a pretty good job. But I thought... suffered myself ever, really.
1: I thought that the the book kind of maybe built it a little better. It was, like, spread a little more evenly throughout that we got these um, instances of seeing something happen. Yeah. That's all I have. All right. So we'll move on to better in the movie.
2: Let's do it. My life has taught me one lesson hugo and not the one i thought it would happy endings only happen in the movies
1: so sam's backstory there is more of her backstory in the movie the book is pretty vague um she tells him a story at one point about how her first kiss was when she was 11 yeah and then she says it was one of her dad's friends yeah which is pretty heavy shit yeah it is um that's not in the book I do think it fits thematically, and it also helps explain why she insisted on being his first kiss. Yeah. I still think it's a weird moment, though. To me, it's an odd moment. It's admittedly a little less weird than it is in the book with that backstory present.
0: I think it's a very important... Wait, which part's weird?
1: The part where she just insists on being his first kiss. I didn't
0: find it weird. I thought it was a little emotionally mature for yes. high schoolers, but um, I didn't find it particularly weird. I do think adding that backstory is a really good add.
1: Yeah, I think that was Not, a good add. I know you. Yeah, because it, it does help explain it a little bit. It gives that a little bit of fullness.
0: Yeah, but it also I think on top of that helps. Um, it's one of the things that, at least in the movie, seems to really help push Charlie down the path of finally dealing with mm-hmm. His because he says they're in that moment like we're more similar than you think like he like I don't yes. think, like because we kind of dealt or kind of always the 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 way it's expressed in the movie about the, uh, his sexual assault history with his aunt is that he's repressed this and he, mm-hmm. he, his memories of her that we see for the first half of the movie are all very positive. Mm-hmm. And the way he portrays it to us as the audience is that, you know, and he says to other people like, oh, I loved my aunt. She was my favorite or whatever. And, and so it's very clearly that he has repressed this and, and sort of part of, you know, the PTSD or however you want to describe it has hidden this away to where it's not a thing he deals with or thinks mm-hmm. about Or, But I feel like in that moment, he it maybe somewhat remembers or it, it strikes something in him when she tells him that story about her first kiss being some old guy. Cause he says something to her about like yeah. them being similar or yes. something like that. And I, so I think that it not only adds to, or pushes him along his path. It also adds depth to their relationship.
1: No, I agree. So yeah, One of the other themes in the book is the cycle of abuse. Yeah. Which I felt like maybe didn't come through as strongly in the movie for a couple of reasons. One of those reasons is that they cut a lot of scenes with his extended family. But I also think that arguably in the context of the movie that, well, and the book too, I guess, the scene with Sam also highlights the theme of the cycle of abuse And hear me out here, she doesn't ask him if she can kiss him. She tells him. Yeah. And now... That's fair. To be fair, I think if he had said, no, I don't want to do that... Oh, she wouldn't
0: She wouldn't have. No. But... But you're right. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't ask. She was definitely... um, being considerably older than him obviously mm-hmm. considerably you know, she's 17 and he's f- 15 or 14
1: he's 15 yeah okay. he, he gets his license over the course okay. of the book
0: um but yeah no you're not you're not necessarily wrong uh yeah. I, I don't disagree um no
1: you're, yeah she's older than him he looks up to her yeah. he has a crush on her yeah
0: yeah you're yeah that's interesting
1: So when we find out what happened between Brad and Patrick before the big fight in the cafeteria, in the book, we hear that secondhand from somebody. In the movie, we hear it from Patrick. And I thought that was a good choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a a change that makes sense. Yes.
1: And I, I mentioned briefly that they cut the stuff with his extended family i think that's kind of six of one i think it was a good idea for time constraints and streamlining the narrative but again we lose um some of the thematic stuff with like a history of mental illness and cycle of abuse etc cetera, et cetera. so like i said kind of six of one there yeah and that's all i have for better in the movie
0: all right well let's tie up some loose ends and then get to the final verdict All right, I have a couple more things. One, Emma Watson's accent. I. Am I crazy that I could hear it coming through her British accent? I think this no, is like her first I, American yeah. role, I think.
1: Because, like, her very first scene, and maybe it was like me hearing the accent and being put off by it. I don't know. But, like, that, like especially that first scene at the football game. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Because her acting was so weird to me.
0: I think she got progressively better and her yes. accent became less noticeable throughout the film. And I do wonder if that that was her first scene and she was yeah. still getting comfortable yeah, with the accent. Because
1: it was very, like, it was not subtle. No.
0: No. Uh, yeah, I felt the same way. And, uh, yeah, it felt like she was very actively hiding her accent. Mm-hmm. Like, actively trying
1: to, right like thinking about yeah, it yeah
0: thinking about it and it was Causing issues. Now, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think she got more comfortable with it as it went on, and I, I actually think a lot of the moments, the scenes she has, she does a really good job. Like eventually, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was rough going at first. Speaking of our tropes, uh, we one of the things we mentioned was uh, Dawson's casting. Yes, <laughs> uh, which this movie is incredibly guilty of. If you didn't listen to the prequel episode, Dawson's casting is when uh, a bunch of high schoolers are played by a bunch of twenty-five year olds,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and now. I don't uh, – some of them were close-ish, but they're still all way older. So when this was filmed in 2012, I only looked up two. Emma Watson was probably like the closest to her actual age, I would think. Oh, really? I would bet. I didn't look it up, but I bet that she was like the closest. But the, the main – the one that made me think of it and look up that I had to look up because I, I was like, I'm pretty sure – it was Mae Whitman. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Mae Whitman is much older mm-hmm. than a high school age. And she was 24 when this was yeah. filmed. Yeah. Which they have two people, I wonder if they, they have two people from uh, Scott Pilgrim versus The World in this movie, now that I think about it. Because uh, Mae Whitman, who plays one of the ex-girlfriends, uh-huh. or ex, well, yeah, ex-girlfriend in that instance, evil exes, in Scott Pilgrim, uh, she's in it. But then also the football player in this movie is the other band member. He's, oh, yeah. uh, uh Other Neil, or mm-hmm. whatever his name is, something Neil. Anyway, that is really interesting, there's two people from Scott Pilgrim in this yeah, May Whitman was 24, and Logan Lerman was 20. Or maybe mm-hmm. 19 when this was filmed, so mm-hmm. he was five, four five years older. And yeah, May Whitman was like eight years older. I bet Emma Watson was probably 20-ish. Emma
1: Watson is around my age. Yeah, I think. so
0: six years ago. So yeah, 22 so, maybe, 21 yeah. in that range. Yeah. So yeah, but they're all 20 and older. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely uh, not high schoolers playing high schoolers, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> but also. Can we talk about within the context of the story all these college guys dating high schoolers? Yeah, right. Because like it happens in the book too, and I'm like, I know that that happens. Like that's weird. It's
2: really
0: weird.
1: Like you couldn't have paid me enough to date a high schooler no. while I was in college. Nuh-uh.
0: False. Yeah, I mean, yeah, true. Not no, not in a million dollars.
1: Like, and so I weird. when I was a freshman, I knew one guy who was dating a senior in high school. And they had been...
0: Maybe that's the case with Sam and her boyfriend. Maybe that's supposed I think to be. Because he's the, a freshman, I think, in college.
1: Yeah, but then the other guy who starts dating Mary Elizabeth is also in college. and yeah, just and starts dating. And I'm dating like, what are friend. you doing? Yeah, Go weird. date a college girl.
0: Jeez. On yeah. on the on the uh, Back on the point of weird things. Was it common... Is this, this is another element that struck me as something that high schoolers don't really do. Is putting on a live production of Rocky Horror Picture Show like every weekend okay. at like their local theater. So... Like that's like, feels like a college thing to me, not a high school thing. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, I don't know
1: about that. I mean, live showings like that of Rocky Horror, are, they're like,
0: they're a thing. No, I'm aware they're a thing. I'm well aware that that's a thing.
1: I don't know of it any... It struck I don't, me like, as
0: strange that they were all high schoolers doing it do
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know.
0: To a bunch of like... Random aged people. I don't know. That seems strange.
1: Yeah, you're right. That is a little weird. Especially with the sexual nature of that show. that's what I meant.
0: The sexual nature of the show seems weird that it's all high schoolers doing it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if anywhere where they do performances of that, like, as frequently as yeah. they do in this story. Yeah. Like, I have really only heard it, like, a like as a once-in-a-while yeah. thing. Like, there's a Halloween showing, right. and maybe a couple other ones. Yeah.
0: I thought that was very strange, that it's all these high schoolers. And they're not even in the drama club at their high school. Like, yeah. they're not even... At least they don't make that implication that these are, like, the drama club people. Which would make a little more sense, but still, I thought it was strange. Yeah,
1: I, don't, I don't know, and that is not further explained in the all book right. that's just something that they do so another thing that I want to bring up real quick because the movie could completely cuts this element from the book and this is what what I expected so in the book these characters are constantly smoking oh. like they smoke all the time like yeah. chimneys and I, and I anticipated that the movie would just that element yeah. cut it out um,
0: I mean, they smoke weed occasionally, but...
1: Yeah, no, they're like always chain-smoking yeah. cigarettes, which maybe would have been an indicator of time period. Yeah,
0: that was more of an indicator that yeah. it would put it more in the ni- early 90s, Yeah, you know, late 80- that, or yeah, back then when everybody smoked more.
1: And I, I will say that, at least the way I read it, I thought that the book used that to indicate kind of like Charlie's mental health right. deteriorating because he doesn't smoke at the yeah. beginning of the book. And then, and then he, starts. He, yeah, he starts, and then like a couple pages later, he's like, I'm up to 10 cigarettes a day. <laughs> and we're like, oh kid.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's move along to the final verdict. Now, uh,
2: are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict
0: afterwards. Katie, what's better, the book or the movie of The Perks of Being a Wallflower?
1: So I thought that this was a pretty good adaptation. It's fairly faithful.
0: I mean, it's the guy who wrote it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
1: you know, aside from losing a couple things, it's pretty faithful. I'm going to give it to the book, though. Okay. For a couple reasons. One is that I think the book did a better job of... through line on the mental health issues and the through line with some of the themes okay the other thing is that because this book is about such a personal thing yeah i think it's a diary type format is maybe better for that yeah and like i said i think it's a fine adaptation Mm -hmm. and I, i think that they did a really good job of making a lot of that come through. Yeah. I just think the book did it a little better.
0: All right. Well, there it is. Perks of being a wallflower. The book is better. But check out the movie. It's pretty good, too, uh, in my opinion. I, yeah, really, I movie, really enjoyed it. The uh, movie
1: was pretty good. And like I said earlier, this book, it was hard to read. It's not going to be any everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. So if you give it a shot and you're not feeling it, no shame in putting it down.
2: And then check out the movie. Yeah,
1: watch the movie instead. Because right. the movie is a little more digestible. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Katie, it's time to announce we teased it. What are we doing next?
1: We teased it and nobody said anything, nobody said about, anything about it. Nobody said anything about our And teeth. I'm so disappointed. So disappointed.
0: I-, I hope people noticed. I'm assuming people noticed. So at the end of the prequel episode last time, two times ago? It was a... No. It was the regular episode two times ago. It, was, last time. it was the Bound Homeward Bound episode.
1: Bound episode. The end yes. of the Homeward Bound
0: episode, we, we teased it, and I laid in Hedwig's theme mm-hmm. underneath uh, our discussion uh, very faintly. See if anybody would notice. If you did, you didn't say anything about it. Harry Potter. Yes, we are. It's coming. It's happening. Right during us moving. Brilliant.
2: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Plan
0: that out perfectly. Uh, but yeah, Harry Potter is... I mean, by the time the main episodes out, we should be mostly moving, yeah. I think. Yeah. But uh, that's our next one, uh, starting with uh, the Philosopher's Stone, or the Sorcerer's Stone, and as us Americans. Depending
1: on where you grew up.
0: As us here in America <laughs> are want to call it. Uh, so we'll have a prequel episode. Our schedule's going to be a little different for this. We're mostly going straight through with Harry Potter, with mm-hmm. a couple breaks for other things here and there, like two times, I think.
1: Oh, we have like two or three breaks from Harry Potter yeah.
0: scheduled. And we we'll are put them in between some of the longer books to give mm-hmm. us a little bit more time to read those uh but yeah, we're jumping in. Uh, this is our first big series. Um, we've been excited for it. It's a very important book series to both of us. Um, I've read, I read all of them at least four or five times. I read the first four or five probably close to 20 times.
1: The first four, I read near constantly
0: growing up. I read them twice a year. Yeah. Like I would read them, and then when I got done, I would wait a couple months and then I'd reread them. Yeah, And and then when a new one came out, I would just add it into the rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's I'm excited for it. Uh, the movies from it's been a while since I've seen all of them, but I have yeah. seen all of them. Yeah, uh, I like most of them, but in my <laughs> I have a lot of problems with some of them. We'll say uh, at least I did the first time I saw them. I may be more generous on rewatching. I don't mm-hmm. know, uh, especially now that we've r- sort of. More versed in how to how things are adapted yes. and the c- sort of concessions you have to make and why certain things are changed. I remember when I first saw uh, the Goblet of Fire, I was mostly just livid the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Even though there's lots uh, of like a lot to like in it. Yeah,
1: it'll be interesting because that was how I felt for big chunks of uh, Deathly Hollows Part Two.
0: See, I liked. I remember liking the Death both the Deathly Hollow ones pretty much, but it's been a while, so
1: yeah, it, it has been a while. I don't think I've seen either of the Deathly Hollows since they were in theaters.
0: Yeah, I think I've watched more so. of them once maybe. But uh Harry Potter, it's yeah. coming.
1: Um and our our format is gonna change up a little bit because we'll we'll both be reading.
0: Yes. So we don't know exactly what we're gonna do, but we're uh, we're gonna be dropping some segments. We we uh we won't be doing a guess who because we're both reading it. Yeah, that um, seems, seems silly. We may come up with some other ways to add some things or get some other uh, voices. We don't know yet. We're still figuring that out exactly. But uh, I think the big thing we wanted to do is since we both do love it so much and we wanted to devote a lot of time. And I think this is what people will find most interesting. And you can tell me if you disagree, listener, that uh, the thing people will find most interesting is us, our discussion of what was changed, why. Mm-hmm. And how we feel about that, yes, I think that's because that's the thing that I think most people when they watch the movies, if they've read the books, are the most passionate about.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: Why did they change this? How dare they change this? <laughs> you know, this, that, and the other. So I think that main part of the, our, our discussion, every episode is going to be that sort of the better in the book, better in the movie. right. Writ the whole episode, kind of. So yeah, that's that's that. Harry Potter. Uh, Until next time, guys, gals, non-binary, and everybody else, keep reading books, keep watching movies, uh, keep rating us on iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere else you download our fine podcast and come back next week when we preview Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone.
1: Heading off to Hogwarts.